0: The animal Life. Allison, welcome.
1: Thank you so much, Nate. Nice to be here.
0: So let's start with the most important question. If you had to choose between one of the two, first option would be having a a nice lucrative lifestyle, Mm -hmm. but little to no time with family, Mm -hmm. versus having a, we'll call maybe more of a, a less lucrative lifestyle, but having a lot of time with family, friends, family, and for yourself, which one of those scenarios would you choose and why?
1: I actually did choose. I did choose and I chose family, but I didn't choose family first. I will say that I chose family second, which I'm a little bit ashamed to say that out loud, but it was circumstances where I then found myself Again, with no time for my family, with this great intention of building, you know, a lucrative, as you you worded it, business, a financially abundant business, and recognizing that it was so misaligned to how I wanted to live.
0: When did you realize that? and, And how did you realize that?
1: Yes. So, again, by an industry standard, I was very successful, meaning... Cash flow was doing well. Clients were back to back to back, very little time in between. That being said, when you're uh, selling time for money, if you turn down a client appointment or you take a vacation or just again, how I was structured, it was very time for money driven. And my son had a Christmas concert and I had mixed up the dates of that Christmas concert and I chose my obligation to my client meeting. I said, no, I'm going to do my client meeting. Oh my gosh. I, I messed that up. I'm, you know, sorry, sorry. But I didn't know if I was really that sorry. I just thought that's the way it was. And my husband was taking videos of the concert and I was sitting about to log into the meeting. It was a virtual meeting. I'm on there. It's two minutes after it's five minutes after 20 minutes after and I realize, oh my gosh, like I chose to not be participating in a significant event of my, my son's. I chose a meeting that really could have been missed. It wasn't a big deal. And it was really that very moment that I knew something had to change, that this was not how I wanted to live. It's not even how I wanted to serve my clients. I didn't want that to be more valuable than the reasons why. We're doing what we're doing well, in, essentially- in,
0: that, in that moment when you're talking to the client and you realize you're not paying attention two, three, five minutes in and you're not there. You're there physically. You're not there mentally and emotionally. That must have been a big moment for you. I would assume that when you were going through that, you're going, wait a second.
1: No. So actually, and I, I guess I miss the client didn't show up.
0: Oh, the client didn't even show up.
1: No, the client didn't show up. So I'm sitting there at the two minutes after five minutes after and the client didn't show up. And I thought, oh, my gosh.
0: So the client no showed on you and you go, I made this person who a stranger, essentially a mm-hmm. priority over mm-hmm. my own son. And this yes. person didn't even show up for me.
1: Yes. and Here
0: I am. And I missed out on both opportunities. Now the client's yeah. gone. And my son will never have that opportunity back with me.
1: Yes. And it really wasn't a shame on them. It was a shame on me. It was very much shame on me because I justified my business for years that I was doing it for my children. I justified how hard I was working. And I'm not suggesting we shouldn't work hard, but I really justified missing things that I was doing it for them. And it wasn't, like it really wasn't for them. I know I packaged it that way. And, you know, I'm not suggesting that we shouldn't, you know, we should choose in the sense of not having enough to be able to support certain things that we want to do and how we want to live. But I really had it backwards. I I didn't recognize how backwards I had it and how deep I got myself into this place of, Essentially, even if I could say blaming my children for how hard I worked and I didn't, you know, not in the sense of like, I'm not doing it because you, but I really was like, I am, you know, doing this for them. They need to do their sports and these activities and I want to leave them with something. They don't need to be. They didn't need to be left with something at that time. They needed me.
0: Wow. So how old was your son at that time?
1: At that time, my Sons who I missed his concert was 12. It was his okay. grade and, seven concert and he was the MC of it. So it was a big deal.
0: And, and how long ago was this?
1: This was now seven years ago. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So he was 12. How about your other kids? How old were they?
1: So my oldest son now is 21. Then the son that I'm speaking to is 19. And my other son is 16.
0: So back then... Mm-hmm. They were uh 14 12 and 10 something like that. Give or two. Yes. Yes.
1: Okay. Yes.
0: So so you you were you were using the fact that hey, I'm not present for you guys. I'm working hard for you guys. So in return, there may be times where I'm not present. You were almost using that as the the justification mm-hmm. to be growing and doing and building all these other things. It sounds as if they were maybe were they were you feeling a sense of, hey, mom, why can't you do this with us? Why can't you do that? Is that is that what was yeah. happening while you were justifying it in that manner?
1: Yeah, I mean, it definitely was. And I tried to be everything to everyone. I am mean, I definitely tried to extend myself. But when it really came down to it, the opportunity to generate whatever income was going to come from that hour, because I looked at it as if that was the last hour, like everything client meeting was like the last meeting. And I I had to be doing this to grow for them. But like I said, in turn, I was not only disconnecting to what my children needed, and to what I was needing and requiring in my life. But that was also not the most abundant place to serve my clients either. It was such a transactional then relationship of I need to sit down with you to get and Granted, I, I I would look back and think, no, I still did a good job, but not in comparison to how I serve today, because today okay. it's really am I positioning myself to give.
0: So talk. So when you were working before at that moment in time, what exactly was your role and responsibility then for your clients? What were you doing back then?
1: I was health coaching and life coaching for many years, and that's again building a business where I said, by industry standards, the industry standard is selling time for money. Essentially, that's so.
0: Tell us what would that look like? You, you, how, you would, you would, a uh, uh, solicit some type of coaching agreement with somebody. Hey, you want to improve your life? You want to improve your health and fitness, your wellness? They yes. say yes, I do, and they don't know you, so they okay. schedule an hour. Zoom call with you. Is that essentially what would happen? And you'd walk them through?
1: Correct. Whether it was in person or online, I worked in both capacities. I would sit down with them and work with them. We would put together a little bit of a program, a little bit of a regular schedule, meaning speak to you every Monday at 2 p.m. And we would get in this flow of, you know, of meetings, of growth, of transitioning through how I worked and how, how and would, would this
0: be a one-time ordeal or would they come back to you on several occasions?
1: They would come back to me on several occasions. Okay, so but, definitely... you,
0: but you said it was more transactional versus relationship. You were you were selling time for money where mm-hmm. your, your time for money. So it would be like an hourly fee of some sort. Is that right?
1: Correct. So okay. it's like if you're purchasing 12 sessions or you're, you know, for two months worth or six months worth of hourly sessions where I would sit down with my clients and work
0: okay and you said you were not ser- looking back at that you weren't serving them to your fullest
1: no. no I really don't believe that I was and
0: and that's because why
1: it's because I was showing up in a transaction instead of results driven in what they were looking for when you are in this model of selling your time you that transaction is your is essentially your your weekly monthly annual, payment, your wage. Mm-hmm. And when I was doing that, I was so driven to fill my my calendar. I was so driven to fill the hours because those hours were what, you know, if you were eight hours at a certain, you know, hourly wage, that was one income. But if, you know, you could stretch that and work book 12 clients in a day. And I don't think anybody can give their ultimate or give their full attention to their eighth conversation of a day. I mean, I challenge at the fifth or even fourth, depending. So it was definitely, again, recognizing that I was not serving at the capacity that I recognize today and where today I know how I engage with my clients and what that looks like.
0: So seven years ago, you had this epiphany moment. Mm -hmm. It was all encompassing that one day where you got no-showed and you missed your son's event. Yes. And then so that was the beginning of this entire new lifestyle this new business model that you have kept it sounds like until today so what does it look like now how are you serving now at a greater potential a greater capacity
1: yeah absolutely so again on that day i'll kind of still take us back there it was a thursday when that happened and on the friday i said to my husband i i, I need to change how I'm working. I need to change how we're working. This and had this big moment. And I I jokingly say I burned down my business that day. And because I really did. I stopped how I was working and recognized that there had to be another model that was again more fitting of who I was and how I wanted to live, which was really important. So I looked at again there was some leadership um another mentor that i had i speak of them as a mentor at this time because i knew you know outside i could see them working a certain way and although i didn't necessarily understand it hadn't leaned into it it came to me in that moment and i thought okay there are people working differently there are people thriving and experiencing you know very successful businesses i mean of course we see what we see outside looking into anything But I really recognize that just because everybody, I use the term loosely, everybody, is working a certain way, doesn't mean I have to work that way. So I looked at what is the big problem that I'm the most passionate about helping my clients with, the big problem that they're experiencing, that I'm the most energized, and we all have clients that we love to get on calls with a little bit more. Right. Whether that's a personality trait or again, something they're working through that just really lights us up a little bit more. I spent a lot of time really looking at that over a lot of time over that weekend. <laughs> I spent time. It felt like a lot of time. It felt like going, a lot of time. You're going, this is a whole
0: new beginning for me. Right.
1: Yeah. It And that's again, that's what I did. And I had, again, enough data to know that I've I've been working with clients for quite some time. Took a look at that, spent some time thinking about it, and then thought, okay, how is it that I help those clients? What is the outcome they're actually looking to? This is the problem. What is the outcome they're actually looking to experience? So again, I spent some time there and thought to myself, does that require me speaking to them every Monday at noon? Right? Was that in their best interest or was that in? my best interest. And with that, I thought, okay, wonder if I'm looking at packaging something. And it it wasn't based in time. It's based in expertise. It's based in support. It's based in stretch. And in that, I thought to myself, okay, let me look at, again, really talking about this problem how do i help them solve it and how do i position myself again to serve my clients to get a result and not another booking in their calendar which in many cases i can assume too they thought oh gosh shoot i got an appointment tomorrow Ugh, right mm-hmm. sure we've all, we've all been there so I did that. I packaged it up. I was really clear, again, on the big problem that I solved at that time. And on the the Monday morning, I relaunched. I really came to the market and really spoke to, again, who I serve and how I serve. Right away, two people called and booked appointments. Or, sorry, what I called at the time, application calls. Because I said, it's an application to work with me. I want to make sure I'm a fit for you that we're aligned. You make sure that I'm a fit again. And by 10 a.m. that Monday morning, I had those two appointments confirmed. By the end of the day, in how I structured, I actually generated more income than I typically did in a month on two calls.
0: Okay, so let's dig into that because uh, I want in. to hear. I want <laughs> to hear your model, and so do people listening. They want to understand what you did and what mm-hmm. you're doing. But you you talked about. Structuring this in terms of it sounds like in terms of value versus just time in layman's terms. Correct. And you talk about expertise, stretch and support. Mm -hmm. Dig into those terms for us. What do you mean by that? Mm -hmm.
1: So expertise, again, in the area I knew I was serving, I'd walked the walk. I had experienced some of those challenges and I had the education in addition to be able to serve very confidently.
0: Now, are you talking in the health and uh, fitness?
1: At that, yes. At that
0: time, health and fitness. Okay.
1: Correct. From there, when I talk about support, I hear a lot of accountability in the market. I've never been a fan of the word. I think accountability needs to come from self. I think that if you are paying somebody to be your accountability, then when that person leaves, you haven't really built that muscle. So I really like to use the word support in that I'm supporting people through things and stretch. You're going to keep yourself, you know, safe, right? That's your job. That's our job as human beings is to keep ourselves as safe as possible. Granted, many things are not a threat, uh, what we haven't experienced can feel threatening. So I really look at those two words, the support, providing the support my clients need at the time, not a scheduled time, but overarching. How do I support them in an overarching manner, not Monday at noon? And then stretch again, it's really doing that work. It's doing the deep dives into what someone's challenges are, what limiting beliefs they have, and being able to just really break those down a little bit, so that we're stretching into new areas of growth and development.
0: So that Monday you mentioned, you basically mm-hmm. locked in clients at a greater value, greater uh, revenues for you than it would have than you were doing for a prior month yes. in, the, in the other model. So talk talk to us. What did you do, and how how did that structure look?
1: Yes. So I, again, looked at the value. I really, and again, this is value based on my perception at the time, value based on, you know, how I would been had been serving. I put together what I thought was a way that I could serve clients very powerfully to get a result. So I really looked at that. What, you know, would that be, again, at that time, a customized, you know, meal plan? Would it be customized support? Would it be directed to hormonal health? Like, again, I really did the diligence in that tangible support, because there was a tangible component to that in the sense of what I was offering. But then I, instead of saying, I'm going to also include, you know, 10 sessions, I really stretched myself, And said, you know, I'm going to support my clients as they require the support. So what I offered and how I packaged was, and I referred to it as an immersion session. That immersion session was not timed. It was a deep dive into their challenges. It was a deep dive into what they want to be experiencing. Then from there, it was me taking it away and creating that tangible part of what I was, how I was supporting them in that offer. And then from there, they had a private, not on my personal direct communication of text message, but a private platform in which they could communicate with me. In that communication, if someone's having a challenge on a particular day, again, it's in real time, they could communicate with me. I could either respond back with something really quite quick, because that made sense, whether it be a a typed message back, a voice memo back, a video, or again, being very intuitive into someone's needs or how I can stretch them, support them, it would say, great, do you have actually time at 1 p.m. today? Let's pop on a call and work through this together. What is so amazing is if you give people all of your time, they take very little of it. They take a lot less of it than they do when you are in this model. And the results the clients were experiencing also in this very curated way of supporting them was, wasn't was comparable to the, my previous model or way of working.
0: And how long would you lock these folks in for?
1: So I would refer to what I called a front end, and then I would refer to what I called a long-term support. Front end was very much... Um, I would refer to like a dating period. We're definitely going to get some quick results. We're going to go very front end heavy on things. We're going to, you know, my model was also based if I don't get results in front end, it's going to be very difficult for long-term support, Mm -hmm. right? So my front end at that time was three months. That's changed a little bit now, but my front end at that time, especially based in health, I wasn't about, you know, helping somebody in an unhealthy way. The front end was three months. And then again, we would look at where some of those successes were. And then I would invite into a long-term support. I tried a couple models. Six months to me was an amazing long-term support. And I would reinvite six months at a time. 12 months I had tried. Too big of a commitment. We can, you can get lost. It's like a recommitment personally for myself investing in the client and the client investing into their goals. Mm. So the six months was like a reset of energy.
0: So six months seems like the sweet spot, three to six months. Yeah.
1: Yes.
0: Okay. But since then, you've evolved this coaching business. I have. have. While you were once in, the fitness model and into the health and wellness, which I'm sure you still are, clearly. But it's evolved into other areas as well. Talk to us about the business, the the transformational, some of that kind of stuff.
1: Yes, it really has. And again, I think we're all on a journey. We're all on a journey and just looking to – be able to, and I use the word serve a lot because that's really the place I come from now. And I have definitely spent many years in in health and wellness and again, just really lifestyle coaching. But I spent a lot of then years while I was then still in this model and looking at the success it had, knowing so many people still who are selling their time for money and just like wanting to grab them and pull them over and just like just because it has worked that way doesn't mean that's the only way and you know what is success really mean to them so I just became so passionate about like there's a different way mm. <laughs> so now really spending people are so scared
0: much- though right they, they, they they're are scared, scared. Uh, to interject yeah. there People are scared. Other coaches, consultants, they're scared. Like these are the people you're helping, right? At this point, coaches, consultants. Yes. They're terrified because they're saying Mm -hmm. who in the right mind is going to pay me a flat fee or a monthly recurring fee Mm -hmm. without first kicking the tires and getting the hour. It's just it's a mentality, right? I mean, it's a limited mindset mentality.
1: Yes, it is. And we, our belief system is based on what we've experienced, not what we haven't experienced. So the big first bold move is that. It is a big first bold move. For me, it was a a moment again where it hurt. Like for somebody, maybe if two years prior, if I'd missed my child's concert, maybe I wouldn't have experienced the same thing. I don't know. But I was at a place then where the fear of staying where I was was not as what the fear of staying where I was, was way scarier than the fear of moving on. And that's what shifted for me.
0: Interesting. That was the big aha moment. I feel like I've talked to, I've talked to hundreds of people on this, doing this podcast now, Mm -hmm. and that always sticks out as a common theme across the board is that there's always that big moment. There's like this epiphany type moment. It has to be a stinging kind of realization that, hey, whatever I'm doing right now is not what I'm supposed to be doing. I need to make a change. And and sometimes it's a rock bottom. Sometimes it's an epiphany. Sometimes it's missing out on your kids play or orchestra or, or sporting event like you did. Whatever it is, it has to be this moment that really just rocks you. Yeah. And, and re- restructures your mindset, because otherwise your your fear of staying in place is usually outweighed by the fear of, oh, my God, what am I going to do by 100%. taking this jump? A hundred percent. So That's got to yeah. be something in con- that you have to deal with, I'm sure, all the time with no. your clients or potential clients.
1: It really is. And I don't think that has changed in the sense of working with people in in business development and, and lifestyle creation, as opposed to working in the health and wellness field. It's still getting to this place where the discomfort of where you are is greater than the discomfort of the potential, the fear of the change, the unknown. Mm-hmm. I, I think for any significant change or, you know, investment, and when I say investment, that's not just money, that's time, that's commitment, that's a shift in, in being there is and has to be present one of those moments when we say rock bottom often we think you know there's a real crash crash is different for everybody like that was mine it didn't look like my house exploding but it was mine it was a really it was a really gross moment for me that look look,
0: yeah I'm sorry Alice looking back at that moment at that gross moment (sighs) When you look back at that, do you realize was this having an impact on your marriage as well? Because you were so she's shaking her head yes right away. <laughs> uh, because right, you were so you were so laser focused on growing this business mm-hmm. and these these meetings. Yes. Client, client, client. How how did that look look in terms of the marriage looking back?
1: Yeah, it definitely was. It was again where you're you're just crossing paths in your home right? Mm. It's your crossing paths, because you're already on your way to your next thing, missing, again, the reason why you're supposedly building something. So in my relationship, it was definitely challenged. And it wasn't in a place where, again, I think we necessarily recognized the unhealth, but I can tell you exactly where it was going to go. I mean, that's inevitable. If there's, if the connection is disconnected long enough, it's, it's inevitable. And we see that in society, we see that in the rate of broken marriages, broken families. So to look back and again, recognize that like we just didn't, it's like, can you take this person to this sport? I'll be at this thing. And that was in between client meetings. So I've rescheduled to nine o'clock. And if you're coming in at nine o'clock, you're not up for conversation with your spouse or significant other. Like you're not,
0: you're, you're exhausted. Well yeah conversation is just one aspect how about the yes. intimacy <laughs> yeah. you know the bedroom the oh. even just just the touching the holding hands the all that kind of stuff that comes with it. that that's <laughs> yeah. that's so far down the ladder at that point cuz that there's no time for that there's no. no energy for that
1: no and that it's not from lack of love that's just we can find ourselves in such a hole of disconnect and we are human beings that require that we do require it and when we don't have it to give and not even to give but also to receive mm. when you're drained well, you also can't right. receive right
0: your partner might want to give
1: yeah are you willing to
0: bring on that giving are you willing yeah. to accept and receive the giving and quite often yeah. the answer is
1: no more often than not in that place the answer is no
0: so uh, let's touch uh, briefly on some of the the highlights that of things that you're doing and helping people with. And -hmm. I just want you to kind of give us a couple, a minute or two on each, just because you're doing so many different things when it's life and relationship, health and wellness, personal, professional, transformational. Mm -hmm. So let's just touch on a few of these, of these different things uh, that you do infertility. uh, That's an area of expertise, uh, educational background of yours. Talk to us about that. How do you help people that have infertility issues?
1: Yes. Yeah, so my background, again, in health and wellness industry is, it's not what I'm doing today, although, you know, again, a friend of a friend of a friend, possibly, but that really started, again, on a personal experience as well. In my 20s, I was, that's how I started in the health and wellness industry. My very early 20s, um, my system got very... I will use the word messed up. Um, I didn't have a cycle. They told me, you know, maybe you would have children, maybe you wouldn't, but we would worry about that when the time came. And I was like, I'm not taking that for an answer. Yeah, why can't we worry about that right now? Yeah, why can't we <laughs> why, worry about that right now? Why do now? <laughs> we always have
0: to be reactive, not proactive, yes. right? Yes, yeah.
1: that's like, and again, I was very, in my very early 20s, but I was not, that was not acceptable. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't want children then, but I wanted children. I knew that for sure. Right. So that was really what ignited this entire industry for me. So I actually think it's so cool that, that was the question you asked.
0: That is, that's that's incredible. That that yeah. that that was the the uh, the start to this whole thing.
1: Yes, yeah, it was. So really, again, educating myself to heal my own body, educating myself to be able to look for alternative routes and be able to recognize that I actually hold the power to change this. I don't need to wait to change this. So,
0: if there's a couple that's experiencing infertility because of the woman, especially, well, it can go either way, but uh, what what's two or three high level things that a woman can do to help increase her chances?
1: Yeah. And I think that's a loaded question in the sense, what they're going through in the background. I wouldn't know if there was like a specific medical condition or if there's been a trauma or miscarriages before, but if sure. we're again talking a very, you know, preparing your body with no, you know, being in a healthy place, nutrition is huge. Nutrition, like, Yeah, yeah. it's always going to be the primary. Sure, there's some additional supplements and things to prepare your body. But when it comes down to it, if nothing else is incorporated, again, coming from a place of health, not reactive, where there might already be a condition. But really looking at what we're putting into our mouth, really looking at what we're fueling our bodies with would be number one by far.
0: Okay. So that's fair point. There's people are, have so many different issues, backgrounds, Mm -hmm. experiences that could be impacting that, but just level playing field nutrition, what you put into your body is, is number one.
1: Yes. And preparing your body, right? I don't think often we prepare our body because our bodies essentially are made to produce procreate. So there's a level of expectation there. And I think if we can remove that level of expectation and recognize what would the healthiest home look like, because your body's a home for that child to come into the world, it's their first home. It's really preparing the home. So nutrition is the primary way to do that. And
0: then of course, that ties right into the emotional eating piece. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because if you're emotional eating, you're not optimizing your body.
1: No, no. And, you know, emotional eating, I will be bold to say we are taught to emotionally eat. Mm-hmm. That child that we have now, the very first wipeout they ever take, you scoop them up and you hug them and say, do you want to go get a cookie? Mm. Right. We're, we're teaching our children. We're rewarding. We're rewarding. We're right? rewarding. Yes. We're rewarding with food. Yeah. Mm. And yes. bad food,
0: okay. unhealthy food.
1: A hundred percent. No one ever says, "Oh my gosh, do you want me to get you a carrot?" <laughs> like,
0: right. <laughs> of course. If you the if, you did, if is... you did that, the kid will never behave again. Come on. No. Jeez. No.
1: No. So we definitely again um, emotionally eating. I mean, that's ingrained in us. We celebrate with food. We go through trauma with food. We have our first breakup with food. Um, it, so it's it's huge. Right. <laughs>
0: So we're getting close to finishing, but so who are you exactly then working with now today, Allison? Who are your type of clients now?
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm working with me. I'm working with the me's who again are they've got a business and the model, you know, is it's working and they're doing well, but they also just recognize that they're. Time and value and freedom of location. I mean, those things, you can't buy those things. You know, it's it's the ones who really want to, again, serve at a greater capacity, but have the freedom and ability to do that because you can't do it in the other model. And I also want to make clear, too, that I'm not suggesting you need to, you know, back down your income. I'm going to challenge through experience in my own and the clients I've served, it will increase it. But again, it's not going into it. I'm not necessarily looking or first aligned to the ones. It's like, I just want to make money. It's like, I call it wealthy spelled W E L L all capitals for a reason. Like, and that's really, again, what it came it tied my whole experiences together. Creating wealthy entrepreneurs is where my yes. heart is.
0: And you and your husband have that business together, the wealthy.
1: We do. Right. My husband is gets involved on that side, but his heart is still like, if he can, you know, with with health and fitness, like that's his, mm. that's his thing. That's and his he, baby. That's, That's his, his baby. baby. Like if you can get him like transforming bodies, he's literally like lit up. So
0: where where and- were you guys? It looked like you guys were at a nice little tropical destination recently.
1: We were. We went to Puerto Vallarta. Got some mm. sunshine. Yep, it was it was beautiful.
0: You're, you're you're teasing people. See, this could be the lifestyle. You work hard. You play hard. You have a little fun. Is well, that all funny. part? Is that
1: all part of the brand? Yeah, go ahead. It's, yeah, it's all part of the brand. And someone messaged me, not actually before this trip, but another trip, and said, "Oh, I feel so bad for you that you have to work on all of your vacations." And I'm like, "Huh? Like <laughs> you're missing, it. you're missing it because I can. I don't have three weeks a year. I have 365 days a year.
0: Mm. You never stop working."
1: Well, I stop working when I want to stop right. working. I travel and I can go sit in a beach and I can, you know, take my my husband's um, father recently passed and he had the capacity to take a couple of months and just right w- walk through that process with him. You guys I-
0: have the you guys have created the flexibility and freedom mm. is what you're saying to yeah. be able to do what you do from anywhere so yes. whether you decide to work every day, play every day, maybe a little bit of both, both. <laughs> you have the liberation and the freedom to do that. And you've done that. Yes. You're showing other people that hey, we you can do this too.
1: Yeah. Other coaches,
0: you can you can do this.
1: Yeah. I'd love to say I'm, love to say I'm like special. We're all special, but I'm I I can do it, you can do it. And and that's the beauty, right? It's the beauty of sharing and supporting one another to show that you know there's ways that we can create a different lifestyle for ourselves.
0: Absolutely. Why why do you, uh, you have a different last name than your husband. I do. I never chose to take his last name. Does that bother him?
1: Um, It doesn't. So this could be like a whole other podcast, but we were (laughs) high school sweethearts. We were together. There was a crazy circumstance. Like I said, that would be an hour long podcast. Our, um, my kids are from a different relationship. Then we got, so there was a period of time we were together. We got back together um, years ago now and both in this industry. And I mean, it's a, we could give a couple Hallmark romance movies around (laughs) for the money.
0: (laughs) That would be be interesting. That'd be very interesting. Well, your last name is fitting. (laughs) It's fitting to the brand as well. Successbusinesscoach.ca. We've linked that in the show notes. Anywhere else you want people to find you online, social, et cetera.
1: Yes. So I think, I mean, their healthacademyinc.com would be the primary site to reach out to, to connect with. Okay. Um, on Instagram at Allison Seller. I'm very responsive there. Yeah. I would, I mean, the more people we can build a network with and connect and just support one another, I would absolutely love to connect with people. Beautiful.
0: Healthacademyinc.com. Yes. We've linked you up in the show notes. Allison, awesome stuff. Thank Continued you. success to you.
1: Thank you so much. I genuinely appreciate your time in the conversation.